You're listening to the Arden University podcast with Alicia and Kate, your hosts. Join us as we talk with students, academics and other guests about topical issues and subject matters connected to your studies. the Arden University podcast with Alicia and Kate, your hosts. Join us as we talk with students, academics and other guests about topical issues and subject matters connected to your studies. Hi and welcome to the 10th episode of the Arden University podcast dedicated to all things that make us Arden. You're joined by us, Kate and Alicia, and in this month's episode we are talking about mental health, how the stigma has changed over a decade, how your studies affect your mental health and the support available to you. And there is no better person to discuss this with than Hannah Martin, Arden's own mental health advisor. Hannah, welcome to the podcast. Hello, thank you very much. Glad to be here. Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, Before we jump into the big topics, I want to ask Kate and yourself, Anna, uh, what were your university experiences like in terms of your mental health? I started university in 2010. So work out my age from that yourselves, feel free. I went into it very much like I'm a confident person. I've always made friends. This is going to be great. I'm going to love it. And it's going to be perfect. And then I got there and I was like, oh, this this is harder than I was expecting it to be. And I'd heard this, looking back on it now, quite frankly, ridiculous piece of advice that you shouldn't go home in your first term because that will just make it harder. I heard the exact same thing. Yeah. Nonsense. <laughs> Absolute nonsense. But I would got myself convinced, you know, no, I've just got to stick it out. I've got to stick it out. And I got to kind of the Christmas and thought I can't do this I can't go back I couldn't even envisage myself getting back in the car to go back up the motorway to go back to to where I was studying and there were two phone calls that really made a difference to me in that time the first one was from uh, our college administrator a wonderful woman called Jill who I refer to as my my, like my kind of my spare mum while I was away Um, and she called me and was like look we know you've been struggling. Come and talk to us. We're here for you. And she was incredible. And then the second one was from a guy called Harry, who had been my freshers rep, um, who was the life and soul of the part. He was just the best guy. He was so much fun and so, so sweet. And he called me and he was like, I've heard that you might not be coming back. I don't care if I have to come and get you in my car and lock you in the boot, you're going to come back and try again. He's like, one more time, you're going to give it one Gentle more go. Yeah, I'm sure that would have helped your mental health. <laughs> yeah, I was like, casual. But I, for me, and like a lot of people would not have responded to that pro- pro- positively. But for me, it was like, okay, this is a really kind of aggressive show of kind of love and affection. Yeah. And, and that he wanted to support me. And, and after that, once I finally like admitted that it was okay and that I was struggling and I should engage with that fact and not just pretend it wasn't existing it got so much better and yeah it was it was tough and it's part of the reason that I love doing the job that I do is because I remember how hard it was and how scary it was and if what we do can be part of making that better and making people feel better about that that makes my job so worthwhile yeah 
I think you're completely right there and I really relate to that. You mentioned it's almost like that expectation versus reality and I or I struggled with that I think when I went to university because I think when, you, when you're told you're going to university you have this expectation, it's, you're told it's going to be the best time of your life, you're going to make the friends, you're going to have these friends for the rest of your life, it's going to be life changing and then when you actually get there, don't get me wrong, there's the highs and there's lows and I loved like the learning aspect of it um, and sort of developing myself as like my own views and coming into contact with people that I probably wouldn't have in where I where I previously lived but I think it was that social aspect that I found really difficult and it was almost that pressure of sort of having to be social having to be happy having to be joyful all the time and it not really being a thing that other things in your life would take over or or, or be a bit more important sometimes and I think it was that really um, that I sort of struggled with it with at university not so much sort of the study and academic and it, like the academic side and I think that really sort of relates to sort of potentially how we can look at even this theme of loneliness uh, like in mental health awareness this week and how that can impact especially coming out of the pandemic uh, but yeah those, those sort of uh, yeah yeah I think uh, for me the main thing was I just felt incredibly alone this whole loneliness I didn't feel like I've, I I'm very lucky I grew up with very loving parents f- surrounded by wonderful friends and I know that I'm incredibly lucky and then I went away to university and I didn't know a single thing I was like a four or five hour drive away from my parents the train was just as long to get there there was no one I knew everyone was different from what I'd known before and it was just completely I was out in the middle of the countryside and I grew up in a city, so I wasn't used to seeing sheep when I woke up in the morning. That was a new experience. But I think it was just the fact that I didn't feel like I had anyone who I could turn to. Relate to. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we were all in exactly the same boat, as Kate says, and I later found out. It's strange, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, but you feel like you're on this little isolated ship and the waves just keep getting choppier and choppier and you're trying to stay afloat and get through all these things and you get the work coming, the social aspects coming, and you're just like, I've got this, but you're also you could do with a little bit of help just to someone else to man the sails and that sort of stuff takes a while to get there when you're starting in a brand new place like going to university it's a whole new environment I think it's difficult to get to that friendship aspect that then has the support that you need and turning to tutors was terrifying I've never turned to teachers before in my life so I was like oh my gosh I have and then these people wanted me to call them by their first name and I was like okay here we go this is something different (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you're yeah completely right and I think as well that for me I got through that kind of first term once we had admitted to each other that we all felt the same way um and I mean I'm talking about people that I'm still going to their weddings and things like this this is how close we are now and when we admitted that and admitted that we were all feeling the same way and we didn't have to be kind of stoic and kind of you know stiff up a lip it made all the other stresses so much easier to manage. So that anxiety around, okay, getting your assignments done. And I, I was working as well. You know, I had a job to, to pay towards rent and things like that. And you still want to, you know, have a social life outside of that. And all those other things suddenly became easier when we had the freedom to say to each other, I need to kind of flag on the play, guys, I'm struggling. And once we got through that initial barrier, things got much easier. So I think it's all about self-compassion, isn't it, really? When you realise telling, telling something and being open about your mental health is actually like a really beneficial and kind thing to do, after, do to ourselves. And it, again, it, you mentioned then about sort of 
expressing it to other people and it makes them be more open and it's again it's about that bonding that you come through by talking about your emotions and yeah and then again you mentioned another, another really good point about culture you said you spoke to your, your tutor and then they you realized actually it was across the whole whole university because they they made it made it more accessible for you to access support through other modules and other tutors and um, so yeah you can totally see how that it sort of spreads doesn't it yeah 100 percent. so hannah have you obviously in your role as um kind of mental health advisor and obviously um you you've been doing things like this for a for a long time yeah a few years and a few years now yeah have you seen kind of stigma around asking for help change because i think it it certainly feels very different now the way that i see the way we communicate things is to maybe the way things were communicated to me so have you seen that change yeah, absolutely. I think I'd be lying if I said there was no stigma and no taboo around mental health still that still exists today, because that, that would be a lie. But you can definitely see how it's reduced and changed over time. And I think it comes down to the point of which we're sort of we're starting to really see the difference, in my opinion, between mental health and mental illness. And it's like how we all are around to sort of support and we all need to protect our mental health. But not all of us will struggle or suffer from mental illness, which will mean uh, lots of clinical intervention or support and I think it's, it's around that and we're sort of we're really sort of reducing the difference between how we see physical disability or physical sort of um physical health and and mental health and it's about what we can do to actually protect and prevent sort of issues and and um illness and I think that's that's really reduced the stigma and it's all about sort of being open talking and sort of sharing because like we said like we said we've all suffered we've all struggled with our sort of mental health but we've all done it sometimes on our own independently but once we've opened up and shared about it and 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 access the support it really you can see the benefits of it so um for our listeners out there who are Arden University students could you tell us what support is currently available for Arden if these if people were listening to this podcast and want to actually make some changes and speak to someone there's a few departments and teams at Arden um, who offer support to students and the three main are really our student champions, uh, we've got success coaches and then we've got the team that I work in which is the inclusion team. So if I try and explain a little bit about those, so you've got the support champions who are normally based, um, so it's more sort of st- uh, suitable really for blended learning students but they're based normally on in the study centres and they're really sort of a first port of a call, of first, sort of first guard of any sort of challenges or issues um, and it doesn't necessarily have to just be with mental health it could be anything that you want in support with it could be academically or outside of, of academia and they're really there to sort of signpost to different departments or resources within the community and then we've got success coaches which normally are that that sort of second second wave of support and they normally offer more sort of in-depth support. So actually each student that is enrolled with, with Arden is assigned sort of a success coach when they join and they help them through, I'm sure the students will know, sort of their milestones. Um, but if you are wanting sort of further support after those milestones, and then you can be kept on with a success coach and they'll sort of, uh, they can do things around sort of either academic support or one-to-one support in terms of if you need a bit more support with your mental health, things like that. Um, and then moving on to sort of, if you need a bit more extra support than that, you normally sort of you can you can access that through the inclusion team um, and at the inclusion team really it's we, we break down sort of areas of support into three three main three or four major 
um, aspects so that's sort of disability advisor so um, disability advisor sorry so if you've declared yourself to have a disability and you're wanting support through sort of reason adjustments and wanted to know what support you can access in terms of your studying or or if you're just struggling in general um, they're there for that really and we also offer support within sort of hardship and welfare so that's things if you're struggling financially if you need advice guidance um, general practical support with finances um, that's what those advisors will support within the inclusion team and then you have myself um, so um, I specialise really sort of within mental health uh, and well-being so really offer support in three ways to students and that could be through signposting to services um, through session based work with myself um, or we do have a counselling partner that we are currently offering um, to Arden students um, so if I feel suitable um, and we have a chat with a student and we think they'd really benefit from a referral to an outside uh, counselling service then that's something we can look at and potentially put that through and also the other area I think is around sort of diagnostics and people feeling as if they maybe have a, a disability um, or, a, or a learning difference such as sort of dyslexia, ADHD, but they feel as if they're not sure where to access and where to go with that process. We're really there in the inclusion team to support with that, to guide you through that process, um, to offer screening, to offer bursaries, to um, to support with the assessments and then again to sort of support you within within Arden um, to make sure that you feel supported with your studies really um, so those are the main main ways that we support support Arden. Is there a sort of a general email address that you can if you're a student just get in contact with to ask queries to start off this journey? Absolutely so if you if uh, students just email inclusion at arden.ac.uk um, we'll pick that up our administrator team will pick it up and triage it to sort of the best team um, and then you'll be put in touch with one of us one of the advisors really so that's the best way quickest way you can get okay inclusion.arden.ac.uk we also do have an inclusion portal as well um, so if you just, just literally search inclusion portal Arden um, you'll see a list of array of different services and support that we offer um, internal and external and also like a link to book in with an inclusion advisor so if you're wanting to just have a general chat about you're not really sure where to go to you can literally just click on this link and it'll give available slots um, and students can just book on book on within with a relevant relevant inclusion advisor there as well. Awesome. Um, for uh, international students, does any of this apply to them or is there something separate for internationals? Yeah, so um, obviously with, with UK students, if you, ha- if you do declare a disability, um, you, ca- you are entitled to disabled student allowance. So that's normally just really for, for UK students only. Um, and that's really a benefit to help with sort of study costs associated with, with the additional needs of having sort of a disability. But with international students, if they, they might not be eligible for uh, the DSA as it is normally just for UK. At Arden, we do actually offer funding part for these students um, and it comes under the name non-medical helper um, again if there's any any sort of um, students that want access to this please just get in touch sort of by in, with inclusion but basically they offer the same support that somebody with DSA would so that could be sort of assistive technology it could be like an, a student mentor um, anything like that about sort of reason, reasonable adjustments however it's available for, for students that can't access through D, DSA so those are the typical the international sort of students there so really sort of making sure that they have exactly the same rights as anyone um, anyone else would i want to pick something up with you as as a new staff member um because obviously i'm having all the kind of training thrown at me at the moment um lots and lots of email links to different things and so one of the things that that has kind of been offered to me is that so arden staff can be trained for first aid mental health training 
um, and that our student reps have been given this as well, um, which I just think is great. So do you have any kind of information how maybe we or any other staff members out there can can get involved? Because obviously, you know, it's not just students that listen to the podcast. You know, if there's any staff members who do want to get involved in that side of things, do you have any advice for how they approach that? Yeah, so the, the, the training is absolutely brilliant, really. So it's run through an organisation called MIND, who offer like nationwide uh, support for mental health. Um, and it's a really in-depth way of sort of understanding mental health, recognising triggers, how to sort of approach conversations with people. Um, and it's a really sort of informal, not informal, but just a really accessible way to um, learn about mental health. Because I think a lot of the time, if people don't understand mental health or don't know how to recognise it or, or approach it, it can seem really daunting. And I think that's something that Ardemir really want to reduce in terms of the culture is making it so that if you are confronted with somebody that's struggling with their mental health you know exactly how to sort of recognize it and respond to it really so the mental health first aid training is like such a brilliant way um to sort of increase your knowledge about it the best way probably to get through would probably i'd say would be to contact people services so they can enroll you on the next intake and i think they, they take on a take place on a really regular basis so be placed on that and then it's the course it's uh, pretty sure it's it's either a one day or a two day course um, and that's a two day course um, thank you and it's refreshed um, you have to refresh that every three years um, so yeah X and Y so yeah definitely get in touch with oh, people I did mine at my previous job so I feel like I might need to refresh mine if that's the case it's um, really good isn't I, it I don't know if you did it, it with was, through mind as well uh, I think it was through mine but yeah I do remember it being really like both interesting and eye-opening at the same time so yeah I did in the previous role as well and it was actually with loads of different people from different backgrounds as well and I found that really beneficial because it was almost like people had different ways of uh, approaching things or recognising their experiences um, to share so yeah it's a really great way to sort of again just open up that conversation as well as learn some sort of knowledge. We would absolutely encourage kind of all of our colleagues to to enrol on that and just it's probably a good time to mention that actually Mind is Arden's charity of choice at the moment you know, there's opportunities to fundraise for them. Things like our staff surveys going around at the moment. And if we fill that in, then there's a donation made to Mind on, on our behalf and things like that. So that it is genuinely something that is, is very, very important to us as, as an institution. You mentioned earlier on Mental Health Awareness Week coming up. So according to my records, that's the 9th to the 15th of May. You're all right. I yeah, am absolutely. correct. Excellent. <laughs> um, so this year's theme is loneliness, which I think that's something that a lot of our students can probably relate to because of the, the remote learning. I think we can all yeah, relate to absolutely. it after the last few years that we've had. 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's highlighted a lot of things for a lot of people. So have you got any kind of tips that you could suggest to to help with that you know whether that's for someone who is studying blended and maybe feels like they're having a weird amount of contact or someone who's studying online who is not used to studying separate to to maybe their cohort or, or what that what that looks like for them so yeah any any hints and tips I think loneliness is a really sort of tricky one because it's very subjective in terms of how it can affect us and you can literally be around loads of people and have loads of contacts uh, but it doesn't sort of 
um, affect the your loneliness sort of within yourself. So it's it's very much sort of taken out on a case by case basis in terms of how you genuinely feel and not being. Um, I think a lot of the time we can feel guilt around loneliness because we think we can think oh we've got connections we've got good friends we've got good family but we can still feel feel lonely within our, within ourselves and I think one tip from me would probably be about sort of connecting with yourself. And it comes back to that idea about self-compassion. I know I keep harping on about harping on about this, but it 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 is such a beneficial way to sort of protect our mental health. But it's it's about sort of being kind to yourself on sort of good and bad days. About sort of recognizing, you know, not all days are going to be how you want them to be, and that's okay. And sort of being being and allowing yourself to feel these sort of negative emotions rather than sort of blaming yourself or feeling any guilt about them. And it's it sounds really it sounds so much easier to do said easy said than done um but it's and it takes a lot of practice to be self-compassionate and it's about sort of engaging in things like mindfulness or anything like that that you can really engage and be present and allow yourself to feel the emotions at the time um so yeah i'm happy to sort of share some resources i'll definitely do that on the inclusion portal about how you can be sort of more mindful um another one would be sort of again be about talking and being open about using that that power of sharing with the people and how you're feeling to allow them to sort of sh- share too uh, and also I think about it's it's almost about sort of being really kind to yourself and being taking things slow because I think if you're feeling lonely um, and also like after what we've been through over the pandemic I think the idea of socialising and pushing yourself out there can be genuinely terrifying so I think it's about taking things really at your own pace and um, whether that be literally uh, meeting up with one friend that you know you're going to have a really good conversation with or engaging in some that you know you're really going to enjoy like volunteering or a hobby um just so you feel as if you've got that element of control um over things probably um taking into account social media and the pros and cons of it I think a lot of the time social media can make us lonely if we're sort of comparing ourselves to other people in their lives and seeing what they what they have to show um on a screen but also um taking into account that that, that often is sort of a snapshot um of somebody's life uh, rather than the sort of reality of every sort of day to day I've done something with social media recently. I've like blocked myself from using it for, I can think I've limited myself to like 45 minutes of social media a day, which for me is a big drop. Like that's huge. I'm on it a lot, like way too much. And the last two and a half weeks now, the improvement in just like the way I talk to my friends, like the amount of time that I spend just enjoying my own company is absolutely incredible it really does make a difference doesn't it yes yeah. maximum through productivity and um, your ability to be present you mentioned then about conversations if we're not being constantly you know distracted by notifications or what's happening online it really does um make you have more sort of meaningful connections to who you are as a person then and who you who you're conversing with really i think one thing that i've noticed recently about myself is sharing this stuff just telling people i always felt like in my life it's I don't want to burden people I don't want to say something to them because I don't want them to have to take on my problems and I was told recently that they're not taking on your problems these are your friends they want to listen to you but they don't take anything on when they listen to you they're just there for you to share with it's not like they're taking on that burden themselves and by telling them you're not causing more pressure in their lives you're not asking them to do anything all you're doing the only thing you're asking is for them to listen and that I'm still working on it but it is something that has really changed my mindset 
yeah, that's that's really I completely, completely agree. And it's almost that flipping it back to say, if you had a friend that was struggling, would you feel as if they were burdening you? A lot of the time, we'd say no. So why do we feel it feel it's the same for the other way around? We always have the discussion as well. Vent or solution is how we categorize. So if I kind of text my friend, I'm like, oh, I need to vent. She knows that I'm coming to her, that I just need to get it off my chest. I need to get it out. I basically just need to put it into the universe. and um, But I don't want to scream into the void. I want to kind of vent with her and have her just be like, yeah, that's rubbish. That Because you want someone to validate how you're feeling. And But if I need a solution, I'll kind of text her like, I need... I need to I need you to help me fix it and I think giving that clear boundary as well for That's me really helps way. Yeah. helps me deal with it cuz there's you know if I know that I'm not going to her for a solution yeah I'm just going actually. to if I'm just going to a, for, for venting I, f- I kind of take the pressure of like well I'm not asking anything from her I just want her to kind of body double me and just validate. Yeah, that. listen. Yeah. yeah. And, and you, yeah, that's so so true. Sorry. It felt like sometimes you don't want to have someone help. And I think that's a lot of the pressure sometimes is that we find ourselves with, if we're presented with somebody that is struggling, we often feel like we've got to help them, we've got to offer them a solution. When actually the power of just listening and being there and being with somebody in those sort of challenges is, is so far outweighs the, the sort of pressure you put on yourself to say, I need to offer a solution. So I love that. I love that about yeah. the sort of the vent of solution. That's yeah, really and that good. that came as what you kind of saying that you know we don't want we struggle as when people come to us. You know, do they want a vent? Do I need to offer something? Ask them. We that it came from. I'm very me and my best friend have been best friends for twenty years. There's very little now that we can't have a conversation about. Um, but she lives in Australia. She lives really far away, and sometimes I, you know I don't have that instant access, and it it's really hard and and that came from her saying to me look do you what do you want me to tell you how to fix this or do you just want to moan about it and it was like oh actually some days I just want to moan about it (laughs) yeah and she because that allowed then her and and me to be able to say look I don't have the bandwidth to provide you a solution but I can offer you a venting space and it, it has allowed us to set that boundary and when I can't take on something to help her with the solution I am very lucky that I'm able to say look babe like we can vent but we can't fix that's that's a really good way of of setting about and taking the pressure off you and taking the pressure off them if you feel like oh I don't want to say anything to them because they're going to think I'm putting something on them just say I don't want to put anything on you and I think that's a big thing that's again back to that stigma conversation it's a big thing that has changed and I see people coming through younger than us who are just nailing this so much better than we are and it makes me so happy <laughs> that they are unlearning what we did and and what kind of the way that we thought about things. You know, I look at younger friends that I have and they're kind of younger siblings even more than that. And I don't know about you guys, but I'm like, oh, you're so much better at this than we are. So I just wanted to ask, so we've obviously got the um, Mental Health Awareness Week coming up on the 9th to the 15th of May, but are there any other sort of events that the listeners could potentially get involved happening around this time or later? Yeah, 
Yeah, so with during the week, hopefully I'll be putting on some webinars um, specifically around sort of the theme of loneliness and, and mental health, going a bit more in-depthly about sort of strategies or techniques that we could potentially adopt. Um, and again, go more in detail about what support students can off, um, access at Arden. Um, so I think that'll be really beneficial to sort of knowledge and just, again, opening those doors um, so students will know exactly exactly where to go to contact. Um, hopefully we'll have some information from a speaker from Together All, which is a mental health platform run through um who, who's partnered with arden so that hopefully they'll be allowing holding a webinar basically about how to access support through together or what the community is about um, any questions or, or anything they need to know there hopefully there and also hopefully we'll be working with sort of members of the student um association to get some campaigns or some social groups on board so we can sort of, sort of hopefully raise awareness and get something more on a regular basis that will be more sort of social and hopefully combat that that loneliness um, that we're, we're feeling at the minute. That sounds amazing. I can't wait for all this stuff to start going. Um, brilliant. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Hannah. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. I feel like this has been a little therapy session for me. I don't know about you, Kate, but this has been <laughs> fantastic. Um, <laughs> thank you very much. It's been good and great. Yeah, so we've already covered where the listeners can go if they want any more information. It's inclusion at arden.ac.uk. That's the one. Yeah, absolutely. Brilliant. And for um, staff members, go on to the people's services. Wonderful. All right, then. Brilliant. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Hannah. Um, and thank you for listening, everyone out there who is listening. As always, if you enjoyed the episode, please don't forget to leave us a rating on your podcast platform of choice. Try saying that three times fast. <laughs> and just for more educating and inspiring content or to reach out about a topic that you would want to hear about, search for Arden University on all social media platforms and you will find us out there um, in the social media universe. So until next time, thanks very much. <laughs>